This is a trigger warning. This episode contains adult themes, references to suicide and mental health. And if you need some help, please make sure you reach out and talk to someone. Well, hello and welcome to The Divine Podcast. I'm your host, Dee, and some of you may recognize me from my reality TV show days, or if you're new here, I hope you can connect with my ideas and thoughts on things that really shape who I am as a person. I will be sharing personal stories and conversations that will make you laugh at my pain, cry with me through heartbreaks, and feel hopeful about life and all its roller coaster of emotions. Hey everyone and welcome to my show. This is the first episode and I'm here with my producers Court and Andrew. Hello. Hello. (laughs) If there is one thing that I want you to take away from listening to me chat is that we are all human and we're all just trying to learn as we go. Life is hard enough as it is and maybe a little understanding and insight can go a long way. Well I think like my first episode that I really want to talk about is I need to address the pink elephant in the room. I haven't really spoke about this publicly and I feel like it is something that needs to be talked about. And now that I have my own platform where I can speak freely about this and not fear any judgment and really tell you what actually happened with MTV. So what actually happened with MTV? (laughs) Well, those that don't know me, I was on a few reality TV shows. So I started my first reality TV show on a show called First Dates. Um, It was one episode and I was on there for probably about 20 minutes, but that's where I had my first sort of taste of my five minutes of fame. And then from that, I went on to film Geordie Shaw, which was really, really crazy, but an amazing experience, but it was just pure carnage. And then I went on to film three more shows called The Challenge. And that's where all the amazing life experience things happen. Like I was at the highest of my high, but then I was also at the lowest of my lows. And I don't regret anything that happened. I don't regret my time or experience or the people I've met. But maybe one thing I do regret is how it all came to an end. So Um, how did it come to an end? Fuck. All right, so here it is. I am going to put it all out and literally tell you word for word, that one tweet that ended my career on TV. It was 2020. I finally quit my marketing job full-time because I just came back from a win from the challenge. By the way, first fucking female winner of the challenge, Asian and Australian, mind you. I just realized like I I wanted to keep traveling. I wanted to keep exploring the world. I wanted to keep doing TV shows, get flown out to amazing locations, compete for money with what I thought at the time were my best friends. But we all know that in reality TV, you don't have best friends in reality TV. Fuck, this is really hard for me to talk about, guys. Like, it's like I'm trying to put myself back in that place and it's really fucking hard. Upsetting? Yeah, I thought it was going to be easy, but like, feel like I really need to set the scene of yeah. why, like, because um, I didn't write that tweet from a place where, like, I was just a fucking idiot and writing tweet. Like, there was things that built up and led up to that tweet. Even though to this day I stand by that tweet, I never fucking said anything racist. I never said anything, like, that was, like, what I said verbatim, if you go back and look at my tweet, was I don't know why some of y'all think I'm anti-BLM. I've been BLM since the day I lost my virginity, Okay. 
the timing was probably wrong and fucked up because this was when like all the protests about George Floyd was going on. But fuck, what I said was in no shape or form racist and the hate and abuse and the shit that I copped after that tweet was sent was so wrong. And that's what I want to call out. The backlash that I got from cast members who were on the show with me, that really surprised me. Some of these people I thought that were my friend were not and they were attacking me and they were saying why the fuck are you saying this look at you you're fucking racist who the fuck do you think you are I remember so vividly that I was fighting with these two cast members that when we were on a show together filming and there were like no cameras around we had moments where we really connected and I felt like I saw their soul and they saw my soul and I thought like you know like we're real people here even though we're all here trying to win money or whatever competitors we're real people I see you you see me and it, what shocked me, what really upset upset me was they took what the tweet I said and they made me paint me out to be this person that this villain and this fucking horrible human being where you know, when I was on a show with you, like I fucking told you about shit that I would never tell anyone. And you know me, you know my fucking heart. And for you to like turn around and say like, oh, you're fucking racist and all that shit. And like fucking bringing my family into it and like saying that I was like a fucking cokehead and all that stuff and like doing shit like that that fucking sucked man and that's why it fucking hurts to talk about this shit because we always had this camaraderie right on tv you know we're all in this together all for one one for all so when shit like that happens why couldn't they fucking pick up the phone text me and be like why did you say that why did they have to put it on a public forum do you reckon they're thinking about their careers at the time a hundred percent yeah a hundred and ten percent because these people were prolific black people as well okay so during this time was crazy because if you know me like my friends know me my actual friends that's not on tv know me and they were like d like are you okay like why the fuck are people saying this about you because this is not you and like i don't understand is there something that you did that was way worse than this because what's coming out we we don't understand why it's so like why are you getting this backlash but the fucked up thing was when i was in america at that time it was peak covid peak george floyd peak blm peak all this shit that was happening and i was witnessing this firsthand because i was in a fucking country where i couldn't leave i wanted to be home i didn't want to be in the fucking u.s I was only there to travel. My goal was to be there for three months with my friends and then come home. That's what I wanted. But when I was there and I got stuck and Australia said that we're shutting our borders and you can't come home. As an Australian citizen, not being able to come home into her own fucking country sucked. And that fucking hurt. And like, I wanted to be with my friends and family because, you know, people are dying left, right and center from COVID, from these protests. And I, I just want to like hug my family. That's all I wanted. And I couldn't do that. People didn't see that. They just saw their anger and they saw their unright, like, unjust and whatever and they projected that onto me and i get that right i get that like the people on these shows like the black people of america have been through some things i understand that i know history i know what's going on but i felt like they fucking use me as a tool to catapult their own fucking careers or their own sort of political image right because oh because they were black people because they needed to talk about blm because they needed to be like righteous oh we are the champions for black people of america everywhere because what happened to george floyd is so fucked up and we need to do more yes do more all for that but don't fucking use me as a scapegoat and tear me down to benefit yourself and that's what fucking sucked 
betrayal of my friends, that's what hurts more than anything. Because I couldn't give two shits about what some random fucking Twitter hero says about me. Some troll. Some yeah. troll. I don't give a fuck about some troll. But what I do give a fuck about is when people meet me and know me and understand me, but then they could still turn around and say, nah, you're fucked. You're this, you're that. When it's not me. That's what I don't like. Oh, I feel like I got that off my chest. And like, that because I felt that cry was coming and mm. I needed to just fucking release. We all release. felt it was coming, Jay. What led up to the tweet? Why, why was it that you decided to weigh in on such a heavy issue? Well, that's a loaded question because why I decided to tweet that out, I want to set the scene for you. I was in Kansas City at the time. I was filming this show with a bunch of other reality stars. So because we were locked down in COVID, I couldn't go home. No one was working. No one was filming. Everything was just at a standstill. One of my good friends on the TV show was like, well, I have this crazy idea. You're in my city. I'm going to create this show. This could be like an art project for us. We'll create a mini COVID show during lockdown. And we'll get like people who are, you know, on the shows as well to come in and fly in. And we'll stay in this big house and we'll just film reality. And I was like, yeah, that sounds sweet. Like I've got nothing better to do. I went from, you know, two months of partying in Vegas and LA with um, one of my good girlfriends, Georgia and Maddie. And then when COVID hit, Georgia obviously had to go back home to the UK. But I was like, nah, I want to keep traveling. I want to go to Kansas City to visit my friend. So I'm going to do that. So I went to Kansas City with my friend and I thought like, I'm only going to be here for another month because I'll go home at the end of May or whatever the time frame was. I was only going to be there for three months because that's my visa for the US. So I gave myself a three month limit of being in the US. So my last month was going to be in Kansas City. And when I was there, shit just started getting crazier with COVID and things were shutting down. And I was like, fuck, I really actually can't go home. And that's where this project came to to light. So for about, I think, two weeks, we were filming. It was really amazing to create my own TV show, like with these amazing people and these amazing personalities because I got to be a producer, um, a talent, um, and I was doing good things and I had creative input and I enjoyed all that, but it was also a reality TV show. So we were partying every day and what else is there to do in COVID but drink, party, do drugs and carry about tasks. So, we so what was the show? The show never came to light because everything that happened, we had to cancel it. But the show was essentially just a passion project that we were going to create. And we we had 12 episodes that we were going to do and we we're going to release it on Patreon and get people involved and all that stuff. So that was just something that we wanted to do. So the basis of the show was we go out and do good in the community in Kansas City. So mm-hmm. in the day we'll go out and like, we'll build like pergolas for like families that need it. We'll drop off food to the homeless. Like we just inject a bit of life into the community in Kansas Kansas City and then at night like you know we're partying and let loose and eat ribs yeah <laughs> and there'll be like just you know interaction with like you know like your co-stars and all that stuff and like the thing was I actually so the guy that I actually fell in love like really fucking hard and it was really fucked <laughs> but the sucky thing was like he didn't stick up for me that fucking hurt because I thought we were like this is going to sound so cheesy, but I thought we were like soulmates and shit. And then we weren't. And then, fuck, I really have not talked about this at all. Like I've talked about it to friends, but like now putting it out there, it's, it's such a beautiful time of my life. 
When I was in Kansas City, I lived with this guy, like, because he was the friend of the friend that I was supposed to go to Kansas City to see. And he and I, like, were talking for a little bit, and I felt like we had this amazing connection, and we haven't met yet, but we were going to meet in Kansas City, so we were chatting while I was in the US, and... He and I were just like, I've never met him before, but we chatted, we FaceTime and stuff. He and I were just like, well, we're both going to be in Kansas City. So let's just book this Airbnb, two bedrooms. No, actually three bedrooms, two bathrooms. Like you have your room, I have mine. Like it's a bit weird that we're going to live together, but fuck it, we'll save money on Airbnb costs. And you're going to do the show together? Yeah, because he was from like... Arizona or something and he was planning to move to Kansas City so he didn't have a place yet so we were just like all right let's just get an Airbnb for a couple weeks and we'll see how it goes and let me tell you like when I moved to Kansas City we didn't start filming yet we had probably about three or four weeks I would say maybe I don't know it felt like four weeks but I don't know the time we spent together before we started filming was just pure contentment for me because everything was shut down COVID was a thing, BLM was a thing, I was in Kansas City and no one was working. So I actually had time to pause and be in this moment with this other person that I don't know, but I got to know him on a a deeper level where there was no outside distractions. There was no like all these like elements because it was just us. And he had this beautiful, beautiful staffy, like this beautiful dog. And she just like, she really... I don't know something about this dog her and I like we connected so so well spiritually like she just understood you know like she was just like a like it's just a reflection of him as a person because he raised this dog to be so like insightful and sensitive and just kind and this is something beautiful about a human and an animal connection I know I'm like digressing but there was this time where I was on my period or something and the dog, she knew that I was on my period and she would like lay her head on my belly, like stuff like that, like that I got to experience. I was just like pure contentment because yeah, I was like, and he was a vegan as well. So we're eating really healthy. Like I would make meals and like, we'll go for walks together. I'll go for runs and like, he'll be working and like, I'll just be doing my thing. But like, we just had a really nice time. We were just in our bubble and I got to experience that. And I like, I can honestly say like I fell in love with him and I think he fell in love with me too. But what happened and how it all came crashing to an end was that that's what sucks. And I don't think I fucking healed properly from that relationship. We weren't even in a relationship. Obviously our relationship turned sexual and all that stuff, but we weren't fucking like dating, you know, but like the connection you have with someone on like a physical, spiritual and sexual level was just unreal. And I haven't really experienced that in a long, long time. Right before the tweet, you sounds like it was one of the happiest periods of your life. And yeah. then it all came crashing down. Did this guy ditch you as soon as the, the tweet happened? What happened? I wouldn't say he ditched me after this tweet happened, but he pulled back. And whether it was him pulling back or me expecting him to sort of like step up for me a little bit more, he disappointed me and he let me down a lot because he chose a side that was with the masses, right? That wanted to cancel me, even though he didn't verbalize it, but his actions spoke louder than his words. And he chose a side and I was like, right, you chose that side, I'm done with you. And once I'm done with someone, I'm fucking done. And I chose to not communicate with him anymore. And I chose to cut him out of my life as I did with everyone else that chose a side. And that's why I feel like it's it's still open and raw because there was no closure. And I don't think you would ever really get closure from a situation like that. Or, And that's something that I have to be okay with because in life, you'll never get closure for those things that really fucking like 
leave a mark on your heart, you know, and that's something you have to be okay with because if you always think about the past and always think about, I want my closure, I want, I want to know why, then you're never going to be able to move on. And moving on is being okay that there's no closure. I did reach out to him, but like what sucked was um, the stuff that he said to me when we were in a bubble. I just felt like he just fucking lied and he was meant to be my friend and he knew the shit that I was getting from people who he knew who were also black and he was black as well. He knew the shit that I was getting was unwarranted. He didn't fucking do anything. I think as an Australian, sometimes we don't realise how politicised Americans are. Yeah. Everything for there is one side of the the political spectre or or another side, whereas I think Australians are a little bit more sort of mainstream. Cavalier. Cavalier. We can joke about issues. And I'm not trying to, like, make excuses for you or, or anything like that, but... I know when I dive into issues that are American, all of a sudden it's, you know, you're either a Democrat or a Republican. There's no middle ground. No. And I want to go back to explain why I wrote that tweet and I'm not making any excuses or anything and I don't want people to feel sorry for me or whatever, but I really just want to set the scene as to what was going through my brain when I sent out that tweet. Mind you, like I never had Twitter before I was on the challenge. I didn't, I don't get Twitter. I don't understand it. I don't even fucking like social media in general. I was like, all right, fuck it. I'll just get Twitter. Let's see how I can engage with these fans. Cause, and it was fun, you know, I'll go on, um, like there'll be a show airing and then you can live tweet as the show's going on and you banter with your fans and you banter with other people. And I like that stuff. I was like, oh, this is really fun. So my first introduction to Twitter, I was like connecting with my fans who love the show. And I love that. I love talking to people. I love being like, yeah, this is me. This is what I do, blah, 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 blah. I feel like people take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. And people took advantage of me not knowing how fucking toxic Twitter could get. And the fans that I thought, that were like fucking sweet, like whatever, really were just trying to like get more insight to use it as um, leverage and fuel for whatever the fuck they wanted to do. Not saying all of them are bad because there was like some people that were my fans that I really helped. Like this, I remember this beautiful boy wanting to come out to his family about him being gay. And he was just like, oh, I don't know how to do it. Yada, yada, yada. And like, we were talking for about like, you know, a year or something. And I love that. I love being able to help people like that. And he told me like they were able to um, find love with each other and they moved across the world to be with each other. Now they're in a beautiful relationship and they came out. He's so happy. I still follow him on Instagram. I see all the little updates. It makes, it brings my heart so much joy when I see that because I allowed him a space. I am thankful for Twitter for that. And I don't think like Twitter is a terrible place if you use it in the right way. So when I was filming this show in Kansas City, like after two weeks of like just hard grueling work for free, by the way, back to the community, like we dropped off like meals to firefighters and all that stuff. And I love doing that. And I like got to really experience Kansas City and know the people. And I fucking fuck with Kansas City so hard. Kansas City is an amazing city with beautiful people. I met some incredible people these stories that these people would tell me it makes my like it makes me think like oh you know when you wake up and you feel stressed out about like a zit or something that's not going your right way there's people out there who have like for example the family that we were building the pergola with they couldn't afford a wedding because their son has terminal cancer and 
they wanted a wedding, but they couldn't afford it because they had to spend money on getting their fucking child medicine. So we built this fucking arch for them so they could have a wedding so their son could fucking see their parents get married before he passed. Like, that's fucking awesome, man. So we'll do shit like that where it'll be like so emotionally draining throughout the day. So at night, you have a couple of drinks, like, you know, I like and the, that's the best way for me to let loose. Like, I love drinking i love you know doing like a bit of like mushies here and there i love like a bit of acid like i'm so into my psychedelics and all that stuff i love shit like that so i think this one day like after a really grueling long day it might have been that pergola day or something i was in bed and i just wanted to like be away from everyone i took a tab of acid and i just i was in bed and like people were outside partying and all that shit they were trying to come in my room to get me to come out i was like nah fuck leave me alone like i need to be with my own thoughts i was in bed i was on my phone looking at twitter like scrolling through tweets going through instagram comments and you know i would get shit all the time that said like why aren't you doing anything about the blm movement why aren't you putting up a black square why aren't you doing this why aren't you doing that you're on a show you're a celebrity you need to do something you need to do this you need to do that and i'm like why the fuck do i need to do anything like, why do I need to do anything? It's my platform. I put up whatever the fuck I want. Like, succumb under pressure to do a thing for a political movement that I know nothing about. Like, I understand, I see the news, but I have no right to fucking say anything because I'm not a US citizen. I'm also a person of colour. Asians get hate all the time, but it's not as intense as it is being an American citizen. So I felt like I had no right to really comment on it because it wasn't my place. But... This one day after the acid, after all that shit I was going through, there was a tweet that went out aimed at me and it said, D, do you hate black people? Are you anti-BLM? And I fucking was like, I fucking had enough, hey. So I retweeted that tweet and said, I don't know why some of y'all think I'm anti-BLM. I've been BLM since the day I lost my virginity. And I thought, haha, that's probably a cheeky way of me like saying I'm fucking all about BLM tweeted out, put my phone down, didn't think anything of it, went to bed. Next day, woke up to a fucking shitstorm of fucking comments saying, D, you're racist, you're this, blah, blah, blah. People on the show saying, who the fuck do you think you are? Take this down, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? I was just so confused by all the hate I was getting. I just didn't understand it. And I was like tweeting back. I was like, I don't know what you, like what's happening. Why are you guys reacting like this? I'm sorry. Is it like, if it's really that bad, I'll take it down. So I deleted the tweet straight away. But the damage was already done because cast members picked up on it and cast members were like, fuck you, blah, blah, blah. I was like, hey, 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 hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Like we spoke on the phone last week. Like, why are you suddenly saying fuck you to me? Like, are, are we okay, hun? You know, I don't hate black people and I'm not racist. Like, I fucking, like, I just didn't get it because it was so mind-boggling to me that they were calling me racist. I was like, and I had to think, I was like, am I a fucking racist? I was like, did I actually, was that actually racist? And I just was, it was just like a flurry of things. And I felt like the next three days was just a blur of shit. Tell me what has the last two years been like in the wake of that fuck the last two years man so after all that shit during this time i was still trying to find a way to get home but i still couldn't get home yet so i was in colorado for about six months after that um met a boy in colorado 
um, sort of fell in love with him. Like I wouldn't like dismiss our relationship, but I felt like I needed someone who wasn't from the reality TV world or who didn't really like watch it or know who I am. And I, I probably latched onto him and clung onto him more than I should have. And it was great though. Like he, he was an amazing person. Like he was so lovely, so nice. Nothing bad I could say about him at all. Colorado has a special place in my heart as well. Like Denver in particular, that city, I I love that city as well because A, weed is fucking legal. B, the people are so nice. And C, there's mountains everywhere. So what better place to heal than Colorado? But the, the real healing came when I was back in Australia. Because after like, obviously, um, I thought like in my head, I think when I was in Colorado, I always think like it was like a fantasy land for me, right? I wasn't in reality when I was in Colorado. I was D, a different D. I wasn't DD. I was this image of D, like, oh, who, no one knows who I am. I'm not this reality per- TV person. I'm not the one that got cancelled. I'm, I'm just D in Colorado, an Australian that's stuck here and trying to make a life here. And, you know, we had a great relationship and I even got down to the thought of like, I was fantasizing about, oh, maybe I'll move to Colorado. Maybe I can get a student visa, go to uni. Maybe I want to become a lawyer. I wanted to rediscover myself and change my image because of what happened to me. I wanted to completely change who I am. But I realized now that I'm back home, like that wasn't me. That was just a version of me that I wanted to be like in another lifetime, maybe, but that wasn't me. And, and here we are, baby, recording this podcast. <laughs> Why do you, after two years, have you finally decided to talk about what happened to you? I think <laughs> I feel like I'm at a point of healing where I can talk about what happened to me and it won't affect me as much as I thought it would. Because when I used to think about what happened, it would like actually crush me. It would break my heart over and over and over and over again. Even now as I'm talking about it, I'm getting emotional, but I'm at a point where I can talk about it and it's okay because I've done the work. I've done, I've gone to therapy, reconnected with my friends, met so many amazing, beautiful people who love and support me for who I am and who have said to me, it's okay what you went through. It's okay and being able to tell my story, like open up to some of my girlfriends about how I fucking almost tried to kill myself when I was in Kansas City after that happened. I almost actually wanted to fucking kill myself and telling my girlfriends that and being able to open up to them about that. Like the shit that I've never fucking told anyone and for them to hold space for me and allow me to speak and still love me. It's just amazing. And that's why I want to do this podcast because I want to share that with you. Like I want people to realize that any shit that you go through, no matter how fucking bad it gets, don't do anything stupid that will ruin your life because people, there's people out there who fucking love you, man. Like there's people who love you. And I've experienced that. Like the love for my friends and family is really what pulled me out of that darkness. Any, what did you learn from what happened? That's a fucking loaded question too, Andrew. I don't know what I fucking learned. I think what I really learned from it is that I'm fucking strong, man. Like I'm really powerful and that's not saying like, I'm not trying to like, you know, um, talk myself up or anything, but I pulled myself out of that depression. I pulled myself out of that fucking dark place. And if I can do it, you can fucking do it because honestly, like 
obviously what happened to me is not the worst thing that could ever happen to anyone. Like there's people out there who are sick or dying or whatever, but it was such a hard time for me. The hardest shit I ever gone through. And I've been through some hard shit, mind you. Like when I was younger, like I was sexually assaulted and all that stuff. And that we can talk about that later on, but I've been through some hard shit. But this period of my life, when I went through that cancellation, that was so hard for me. And I pulled myself out of that. And what I learned from that was your friends and your family are the only people in this world who will ever give a shit about you. And when I say friends, I'm not talking about Instagram friends or whatever. Your friends that you see in day in, day out, your friends who you like look at you and you look at them and say, hey, I see you and you are fucking enough. And that's why I harp on about like friends over anything and family over anything, because I built such a great community of support around me where if shit goes wrong in my life now, I have on hand five people I can call and I know that they will drop everything to be with me or to help me. And what I learned is invest in relationships with people who make you feel like that. But this whole podcast isn't going to be all that. I know you want to like build a community where other um, females and males can listen to it and you can share your experiences and share their experiences and, and make it um, a real community around your show. Yeah, I, I definitely do. I know this episode is really heavy and shit that I'm going to be talking about is going to be fucking raw. I just want to be able to talk and connect and build a community around me that's like-minded and that could really vibe with the themes and the stuff that I talk about. So for example, next week, I'm going to talk about the time I did DMT and had the best orgasm of my life. I feel like everyone sees a side of me that I created so perfectly on social media i know when people look at my instagram they have this judgment of me because i put up you know bikini shots or whatever they're like oh she's that type of person but that's only the surface level of who i am and also i want to tell you guys that i finished writing a memoir i've already have this whole plan so in february when i turn 30 she's going to be 30 an accomplished author so look out for that Okay, and that wraps up the first episode of The Divine. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you would like to reach out and say hello, feel free to email me on hello at thedivine.com. That's divine with a D-E-E. I'm also active on socials on Instagram only, not Twitter, at D Nguyen.